Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tonight, in front of the largest wrestling crowd ever in the history of the Hammerstein Ballroom. Think about all the ground that covers. Think about all the wrestling events that we have seen over the years from WWE to ECW to Ring of Honor. In the Hammerstein Ballroom tonight was said to be the biggest crowd ever in that building. Game Changer Wrestling presented the world on GCW. Its first official real pay-per-view wasn't just on fight. It was on traditional pay-per-view. A very big night for the promotion. And in a lot of ways, tonight's show was one big love letter to ECW, right? I mean, if you think about it, think about what we had on this pay-per-view tonight. We had some old ECW faces showing up tonight. And like ECW before it, many years ago, 25-plus years ago, you know, ECW was a promotion that generated a lot of buzz. It was sort of the little engine that could. It was, it was the distant number three when you compare it to WWF and WCW. But it was building a lot of uh, kind of underground buzz. People were always talking about ECW. WWF and WCW were stealing ideas from ECW left and right. There wouldn't have been an attitude error if it wasn't for ECW. And so you fast forward to today and you have a promotion like GCW. And it's following a lot of that same blueprint, right? A lot of people have been talking about it. And yes, there's a lot of violence. You have the blood and you have... You know, barbed wire, you have light tubes. You didn't have that on the show tonight. They were actually on their best behavior tonight for this pay-per-view. But they've also brought in some named talent. You know, they have come up with a system that works to get people talking. They have utilized social media to their advantage. Matt Cardona, one of the best things to happen to GCW in the last year. It's not been him alone, but he has brought a lot of attention to this company. And a lot of it has to do with the way that he has promoted himself and his feuds through social media. And GCW has been the beneficiary of that. Nick Gage, Mr. GCW, has been featured on Dark Side of the Ring and on AEW television in the last six months. So this promotion has benefited from a lot of people talking about them. They've been doing a lot of things right. And tonight, they gave us a little bit of everything. There was a mix of everything on this show. We had some good wrestling. We had some bad wrestling. We had weapons, and we had plunder, and we had crazy high spots, and we had some surprise appearances on the show. We had a little bit of nostalgia. And we had what I thought in those last couple of matches was a very underwhelming ending to the night. I I cannot sit here and tell you that this was a great show. I would not consider tonight to be a great show. And I know there's going to be a lot of GCW fans out there who are going to disagree and say, oh, tonight was so great, it's 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. And I think you would have to be a real GCW diehard to say that. And I understand that. A lot of them are going to be really full of emotion. What a big night this was for the company. But as somebody who uh, does not usually watch the GCW product. I'm I'm aware of some of the key stories. I'm aware of some of who the you know the key 
faces and people are, but I am not a regular watcher of GCW. Yet a lot of people like me tonight who were probably sampling the promotion for the very first time because you had John Moxley and you had the Briscoes with their open challenge and you had the promise of, of there likely being some surprises. And you had a card that looked very interesting on paper. So you had a lot of people sampling the show tonight. I would not call it a great show, but it was an important one for the promotion. And, and the key is when it was over, I didn't feel like I had wasted my money. I spent 25 bucks on this show on Fight TV. And so when it was over, I said, you know what? Sunday night well spent. I'm the Solo Monster, and this is your World on GCW review for January 23rd, 2022. What is going on, guys? Born Sinner says the G drone. Do we have G drones? I didn't know that. I know we have E drones. And I know we have AEW bots, but do we have G drones? Well, hey, everybody, everybody is coming from my head anyway, it feels like. So why not add a few more to the list? But this is your uh, Sound Off Extra review. I have to say one negative, and this is not GCW's fault. I'm not blaming GCW for this. Uh, it's been a while since I have seen the Hammerstein Ballroom used for a big show like this. I have not been in the Hammerstein Ballroom in a few years. And so when I laid my eyes on the ballroom tonight, I noticed that they gave Hammerstein a new paint job. Not a good one. Not a good one. <laughs> it did not look the way that I remembered it looking. So whoever gave this place a makeover needs to put it back to the way it was. I am not a fan of this new paint job that they have given the Hammerstein Ballroom. It is not an improvement. It's a great venue for wrestling. I love I love going there. It's a great intimate venue that still fits a lot of people. You know, they had over 2000 people in the building tonight. But uh, I don't like I don't like the paint job that they gave it. Uh, Super Chats are open. Uh, We'll read them a little bit later on. And before we go anywhere, I do want to thank all of you, as I did on the podcast earlier today, episode 740. Uh, It was brought to my attention that the Sound Off ranked number one in the top 10 of all pro wrestling podcasts on Podbeam in 2021. And there's some pretty big names on there. Hey, there's uh, Steven Larson. What's going on, guys? Not in the live chat. They're on the list. A lot of podcasts, and obviously there's a lot of different podcast platforms. You know, we've called Podbean home for a very long time. Podbean, one of the more popular ones. Uh, so to see that is very cool. And I just wanted to say uh, thank you to everybody who tunes into the shows, the audio shows, and the streams each and every week. And it uh, makes that possible. So that's very cool. So there was a pre-show that kicked off at 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, aired free on their YouTube channel, and I look and I see former ECW ring announcer Steven DeAngelis standing in the ring. Uh, I thought that was a nice little bridge from the original ECW to you know GCW today, and I I'm, I know he's called or uh, you know ring announced for a lot of matches in that building over the years, so it was very cool to see him uh, get brought in for tonight uh, to call at least some of the matches, and we had Vladimir the super fan. See, Vladimir doesn't really seem to care as much about WWE shows these days. Vladimir has his fun by going to these other events, these independent shows. He was front and center there at the GCW show tonight. It was good to see Vladimir. Uh, He's good friends with Mike Johnson, a PW insider, who said that uh, Vladimir has had some health issues recently. And I will say it again, if anybody from WWE hears this or anybody who works for the network, release the documentary. Did a whole documentary on Vladimir the Superfan. 
and they're holding it hostage. Release the damn documentary already. So the kickoff started with the Pabst Blue Ribbon Battle Royal. I, I want to say it's probably been a decade since I have had a can of PBR. But they uh, sponsored this Battle Royal on the kickoff. You know, it, w- it was a fun cluster, I thought. Uh, it highlighted how small the ring was. You notice that on a lot of independent shows. Uh, and it, it, it's not that bad when you have a, a singles match or a tag team match. When you have a battle royal like this, with a lot of people in the ring at one time, really highlights how small the ring is. So we had Psycho Clown, uh, who is a big deal down in Mexico. Psycho Clown, Dark Sheik, Paro. I want to make sure I get the names right here. Cole Radrick and Hoodfoot were out first, and the match began. And so the way this worked is pretty much, I don't even know that there was a set interval. Basically every 30 seconds or so, somebody new would be played down to the ring. And I believe there were a total of 20 people in this match. Uh, Ruckus, who was just inducted last night into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame. Ruckus made an appearance. KTB. Juicy Finau and Too Hot Steve Scott. They entered next, and he was the first one out at the hands of Psycho Clown. We had Big Vin, the son of former ECW star 911. Why is everybody going nuts about Psycho Clown here in the uh, in the chat? In the chat, I oh, hey, I know Psycho Clown. I, I I don't watch Lucha Libre all the time, but yes, I'm aware of Psycho Clown. Believe me, I know who Psycho Clown is. So we had Big Vin. Big Vin is the son of former ECW star 911. We had Nate Webb making his way out. Janai Kai, the kick demon. We've seen her make a couple of appearances in, EC, in ECW, in AEW. And in fact, I just had the chance to call uh, one of her matches in the House of Glory Women's Championship Tournament just last week. So Janai Kai was in here, obviously, as, as you could tell. This was an intergender battle royal, a mix of men and women. We had Yoya, very small man, uh, who was in this match. Brandon Kirk, Marcus Mathers, and Dustin Thomas. Dustin Thomas is the wrestler with no legs who appeared in the AEW battle royal. I forgot which show it was. Uh, Actually, you know what? It might have been the first uh, Double or Nothing in Vegas. I could be wrong. It might have been earlier than that. I was at Double or Nothing that year, and I want to say he was in that Battle Royal. Uh, But he was in one of the Battle Royals, and then never showed up again. We never saw him uh, do anything with AEW ever again. So he was in there. He hit a Tornado DDT. He pulled himself up to the top rope and hit a senton. I will never not be amazed uh, by people who are able to pull off feats like that despite the the challenges they face i know people are going to go off oh what was he doing in the battle royal and there's certain people who are going to have an issue with it but i can't hate on somebody like that hey what's going on ted turner is in the chat look at this ted turner billionaire ted is joining us in the chat don't tell vince mcmahon he'll be very upset but ted turner says he is a longtime lurker going on ted we had charles mason out next in the battle royal and i i perked up when i saw charles mason because charles mason has been a staple uh, not only of the northeast independency now for a few years but he has been a staple of house of glory 
And he's another one. I've called a lot of his matches. I've seen him over the years, and he's going to be a name to remember. So I was very happy to see him in this battle royal. He wrestled in a full suit, which I'm sure is not the most comfortable thing in the world. Out next, we had Lufisto, also inducted last night into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame, a legend in the women's independent wrestling scene. So she entered to a big pop. It was hard to uh, keep up with all of the eliminations here. So some of them I caught, a lot of them I didn't. Some of them weren't even caught on camera. So even, even GCW didn't catch all of the eliminations here. But we got to the final entrant, and she comes out, and it's Thunder Rosa. Nice little surprise. Thunder Rosa gets a huge ovation when she comes to the ring, and she starts kicking ass. So the final four. The final four were two men and two women. We had Big Vin, Charles Mason, Lefisto, and Thunder Rosa. So that was your final four here in this battle royal. What's going yeah, Ian Israel, big fan of Lef- Hey, Lefisto's been doing this for like 20 years. And she never she never got a big break in any of the big promotions. In fact, I thought she recently retired. But no, when she came out, she got a very nice uh, reaction. And people were happy to see her in there at the very end. So Mason dumped out Rosa and Lefisto, was also then eliminated uh, by both men. Hey, Giovanni Zarate! What is going on, Giovanni? Dropping a $100 bomb! What is going on? Giovanni joining me tonight! Even the anonymous Raw General Manager is excited! Absolutely. Giovanni. I hope you're having a good Sunday night, brother. Thank you for the love. He said, uh, big GCW fan and follower. The show is disappointing, considering all eyes were on them. Hopefully they bounce back. So I think you and I are on the same page. And that's coming from uh, a GCW diehard who thought the show was disappointing. So the ladies were eliminated. It came out to Big Vin. And Charles Mason. And Vin chokeslam Mason to the floor from the ring apron to win the match. After the match, Vin celebrated at ringside by having a beer with his dad. 911 was there. And all I, I I couldn't take my eyes off these two because it was weird. I'm looking at them. And I didn't know at first if this was maybe Big Vin's like old tag team partner, or if this was just a friend of his. I didn't know until the announcers pointed out, because I, I just wasn't paying attention, clearly. Uh, that it was 911, and I just thought it was weird that the son looks older than the father. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
But uh, a nice moment for Big Vin, a GCW staple to pick up the win and get to celebrate with his dad. That's very cool. Next was the kickoff show Scramble. Jack Cartwheel, Dante Leone, Ninja Mac, Alex Zane, Nick Wayne, Shane Mercer, and a New York City indie legend, the Grim Reefer, making his entrance here in this match. How cool must that have been for him to be on the show? Probably a very cool moment for the Grim Reefer. Uh, the most memorable moment was Reefer lighting up a joint. While he was walking the rope, he had a springboard dive out onto all the other bodies outside the ring and kept smoking. He kept smoking. He didn't lose the uh, he didn't lose the joint. So this was just one crazy spot after another. Reefer won it with a tornado DDT off the ropes to Shane Mercer onto a chair. He was supposed to DDT him onto the chair and hit Mercer's leg, so at least it caught part of his body. Uh, but it was enough for Reefer to get the three count. So then, before the pre-show uh, came to an end, we had Brett Lauderdale, the GCW owner, the face of GCW, the Paul Heyman. What Paul Heyman was to ECW, I guess, is what Brett Lauderdale is to GCW. He walked out with Chris Dickinson. Chris Dickinson has been out since November. He fractured and dislocated his hip joint, which sounds extremely painful. He said he's coming back to the ring for their spring break shows, so now we know when uh, Dickinson is coming back to the ring. Lauderdale gave a speech pumping up the crowd. He paid tribute to those who are no longer with us. A lot of uh, popular, not only independent names, but legends as well. Tracy Smothers, who had done some work with him before. Uh, Tracy Smothers, unfortunately, passed away, so they paid tribute to him. Justice Payne, uh, who I believe is Nick Gage's brother. Nate Hatred, Marcus Crane, and Danny Havoc. So I thought that was uh, very nice of them to do that. Pay-per-view open with the grab the brass ring. Look what Vince McMahon has started. All because of all, all this talk over the years, Vince McMahon and his stupid brass ring. Now everybody is talking about the brass ring. So GCW had a grab the brass ring ladder match with PCO, G. Raver, Alex Colon, Tony Deppin, Jimmy Lloyd, and Jordan Oliver. Whoever grabs the brass ring and pulls it down first can redeem it for a shot at any championship, any place, any time. It's basically their version of Money in the Bank. Kevin Gill and Dave Prezak handled commentary. Prezak also was inducted last night into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame, inducted by CM Punk, who I saw dressed for the occasion. He showed up wearing, I think, a T-shirt and, ja and a jacket. And he explained that uh, he has not been home in about three weeks. And that's where all of his suits are. He's been traveling, and so that's why he didn't dress for the occasion. But Dave Prezak, and I, I said this on the podcast when Prezak was first announced for this uh, first class of the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame. Prezak has been a very, very instrumental part of Women's wrestling, uh, not only women's wrestling in this country, but just a lot of the women that you see now on WWE and AEW television either got their start in, in Shimmer or passed through Shimmer, and a lot of them got their big break in large part because of Dave Prezak. And everybody who has ever worked with him or worked for him, I've heard nothing but positive things about the guy. I've never met him, uh, but it sounds to me like a very worthy inductee into that Hall of Fame. So, And he's a good commentator, too. He's great on commentary. So they brought him in to do commentary with Kevin Gill. Now, Leo Rush 
uh, was supposed to be in this match. He was removed because he was taking the spot of Jonathan Gresham, who was not on the show tonight. He replaced Gresham in his match later on in the show. So there was no uh, Leo Rush. But before the match got started, A.J. Gray made a surprise appearance. A.J. Gray was supposed to have a match against Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston suffered an orbital injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. He was not there tonight. And A.J. Gray, uh, I guess a six-man ladder match became a seven-man ladder match. PCO. Let's talk a little bit about PCO here. PCO, still out there at 54 years old. You know, we talk about Sting, who is 62. Still performing and doing stage dives and the stuff that he does on TV. And, and the guy the guy is amazing. PCO had this career resurgence in Ring of Honor. And I, I just remember, and I don't remember if it was the Madison Square Garden show or if I'm thinking of a different uh, Ring of Honor show. I want to say it actually was Madison Square Garden. There was a powerbomb. And I don't remember who he was wrestling, but there was a power bomb that PCO took outside the ring. From the inside, out to the floor. Nobody was there to catch him. He just landed on the floor. And I couldn't believe that this guy wasn't killed. I mean, you could be half of his age and take a bump like that and be crippled for life. But at 50-something years old, I remember watching that spot thinking, why is this guy doing this? This guy has had a pretty good career for himself, right? He's been doing this for a long time. One half of the Quebecers, then he was Jean-Pierre Lafitte, and then he had a little bit of a run in WCW. That's how far back this guy goes. We're talking early 90s he was doing that stuff. And now here he is 20-plus years later, and he's killing himself when he really doesn't have to. you got to respect the hustle. PCO is a freak, and now the guy is 54 years old. I believe he just signed a deal, I want to say, with Impact. I think he's left Ring of Honor. I think he signed a, a new deal with Impact. He's out there doing his thing. He hit a doomsday device with a ladder. So he's got a ladder in his hand. He hits a doomsday device with a ladder from the top rope. Uh, hits G. Raver with it off the shoulders of Alex Colon. And so down goes uh, G. Raver. And then a few minutes later, he climbed back up to the top rope, did PCO, and he hit a fucking moonsault off the top rope, out to the floor, onto the pile of bodies. Thankfully, this time, there were people there to catch him. <laughs> so this guy is out of his mind. Later on, he had a package pile driver to Jordan Oliver onto a ladder when Oliver tried to stop him from climbing the ladder, and so PCO got his revenge for that. G. Raver climbed up the ladder, hit a diving senton from the very top, onto a ladder bridge that he had set up down below with Alex Cologne positioned underneath. Uh, this was very dumb, because when this guy climbed to the top of the ladder, literally the tippy top of the ladder, the brass ring that he's supposed to pull down if he wants a future championship match was literally, he had to like move it out of the way. It was bothering him. It was in his way. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to inconvenience you with this brass ring that you're supposed to be pulling down. So this was incredibly stupid. And I, I think on commentary they explained that, oh, he's you know, full of adrenaline in the moment. Well, then you know what? Pull down the brass ring and then do your dive. So that was fucking dumb. Literally right there, and he ignored it. Jimmy Lloyd then launched G-Raver out over the top rope with a, an awesome bomb onto a ladder bridge. On the floor. 
Jesus Christ. AJ Gray tried to dive off one ladder. Here, here's the uh, the first real big botchamania moment of this match. This guy's lucky he didn't break his forearm. Maybe he did. AJ Gray tried to dive off of one ladder over another. Hey, Salman just subscribed to the channel. Salman Salim, what is going on? So he tries to dive from this one ladder over another that is leaning up against the corner in the ring. Unfortunately for him, uh, he crashed and burned. He kind of, I don't know if he slipped or he just didn't get the momentum that he was going for. And he landed on the ladder, like arm first, that was positioned up against the uh, corner, propped up against the buckles. So he fucked that up. That did not look good. Alex Colon was attacked by someone who they identified as John Wayne Gate, not John Wayne Gacy. Jesus Christ. I got to take another drink. John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy would fit in perfectly well on a show like this. Alex Colon was attacked by John Wayne Murdoch. See, I wrote the guy's name down. John Wayne Murdoch on the floor. He was not in this match, but he got involved. And AJ Gray and Jimmy Lloyd, they battled on top of the ladder. Lloyd got forearmed off, and Gray pulled down the brass ring for the win. Uh, these men... Killed each other, even though A.J. Gray dropped an elbow on a ladder for no reason. Uh, these guys killed each other. This was a slop fest. I, I wrote slop fest in my nose. That's what this was. This was a slop fest. Uh, but if you're into all the insane spots, uh, you got. I guess you got what you paid for. It delivered on that, that's for sure. If you are just interested in the wacky, crazy, you know, just dangerous spots, you got plenty of those here in this match. It wasn't pretty. Uh, but you got a lot of uh, crazy spots in this match. It's going to be very interesting if we find if we can find out anyway uh, what the buy rate was and how well this show did. I'm very curious because there were a lot of people talking about the show, but it's very it's very different to talk about it or actually order the show and and actually pay money for the show. So I I want to find out how how well this show did. But the next match uh, redeemed things uh, quite a bit. I I enjoyed the next match. Under Lucha Rules, we had Team Bandito with ASF, Bandito, and Laredo Kid against Team Gringo. What a great name. Hey, Quizzical. Quizzical is in here. Shout out to Quizzical. Team Gringo, Arez, Demonic Flamita, and Gringo Loco. That's my nickname. I am, I am Gringo Loco. Loco en la cabeza. Bandito, the unofficial, by the way, Ring of Honor world champion, never actually lost the belt. He was supposed to defend the belt at final battle last month, but he uh, tested positive for COVID, and so he got replaced, and Jonathan Gresham won the vacant belt instead. So Bandito has a claim to the ROH world title. This match was, in a word, insane. In two words, it was absolutely insane. There was just... Too many, too many moves and spots to recap every single one of them. But it's the kind of match that you absolutely hate having to take notes for. You just want to stop and just watch it, and just kind of absorb everything that is going on, and just take it all in. So about halfway through, that's kind of what I did. Uh, early on, Flamita went up top to set up for what looked to be a big move, and then he instead flipped off the crowd and climbed back down. That got a laugh out of me. There was a double-decker spot 
that ended with a Canadian destroyer that was tremendous. That was my favorite spot of the entire match. Crowd lost its mind. Bandito hit a crazy springboard flip dive that he got a ton of height on. And Gringo and ASF battled on top. Gringo went for a move. ASF slipped. Gringo recovered and nailed a pile driver for the win. I don't really know what else to say about this match. It was all action. I mean, as you would expect with the Lucha rules, you don't have to worry about tagging in and out. It's just constant motion and constant crazy dives and counters and uh, big spots and big moves. But uh, six very talented guys put on what I thought was a very enjoyable match. Ian Riccoboni joined in on commentary for what was supposed to be a Ring of Honor World Championship match. With Jonathan Gresham defending against Blake Christian, the former Trey Baxter from NXT. He was on NXT for all of a few weeks uh, before he got cut and was let go in November by WWE, Mr. Cora Jade. So now he's back on the Indies. Very talented guy. Christian came out said that sometimes things happen beyond their control. Unfortunately, Jonathan Gresham is not here tonight. And the crowd booed. They were not happy about that. But he wants Ring of Honor to know that he wants his fucking title shot at some point down the road. So he will get his title match at some point. And he said the man that he is wrestling tonight has given him some of his best matches before, and so he called on him to come on down. And the people in the building didn't know who it was. Nobody clued them in. I I had seen on uh, social media a few minutes before who it was going to be, but they didn't know who. And his opponent came out, and it was Leo Rush. Leo Rush, who uh, made news over the last few days by going on social media and announcing that on February 14th, his AEW contract will expire. Tony Khan and AEW are allowing his contract to run out. I talked about this whole situation on the podcast earlier today. If you missed it, episode 740, everybody is crowing about how, oh, he shouldn't have gone off on Tony Khan about the big swole situation. That's why he's, you know, not being renewed. Uh, I don't buy that as, at least I don't buy that as the only excuse. I think that's highly over-exaggerated. And uh, I let you all know why. So if you want to hear about that, that's on episode 740. Yes, Leo Rush's days are numbered. He only has a few weeks left in AEW. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But Leo, this is not his first time wrestling in the Hammerstein uh, last time he, I, believe, I think this would have been the last time that he was there was for Ring of Honor six years ago at their final battle show it was Leo Rush tagging with Jay White and Kushida against the Kingdom. You know, I miss Jay White. 
Haven't seen too much of him. I know he's overdoing the New Japan strong stuff, but uh, we got to get Jay White either back in New Japan proper or we got to get him in AEW or or something. Impact is not going to cut it. I need that guy on my TV. We, we barely saw him in 2021. We need more Jay White in 2022. So Leo went for his springboard stunner, and Christian followed up with a running knee strike as he was coming off the ropes. Hit a springboard 450 for a near fall. Leo fought back with a poison rana, hit the final hour frog splash. But uh, Blake kicked out when he went for the cover. Blake came back with a tombstone pile driver on the floor and then rolled Rush into the ring, came off the top with a 450 double stomp for the win. It's the Raw General Manager again. I think he's sending me a message. What in the world? Anyway, uh, that was the win for Blake Christian. Uh, I thought both men were really good here. I thought this was the best actual wrestling match on the show up to this point. Uh, Leo Rush is a talented guy. You know, I said it earlier, but he calls himself a lone wolf. That's his own words. He refers to himself as a lone wolf. I don't think he can be in a big company like WWE or AEW. I think him bouncing around and doing shows like this is exactly what serves him well. I don't think that he is somebody who uh, wants to make a long-term commitment anywhere. It just never seems to work out. I don't think he likes staying in one place for too long. He likes to bounce around. I said earlier, he should start calling himself the Vagabond, because that's what he is. He's an independent wrestler who likes to pick his spots and work wherever he wants to work. But, you know, you watch him in the ring like he did tonight, and there's no doubt you can't deny the guy's talent. You know, he's a talented guy. Speaking of talent, we had Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green one-on-one against Joey Janela, who, who physically looks better than the last time I saw him. I mean, I know he's been wrestling on Dark. I haven't been seeing his recent matches in AEW, but uh, this guy's gotten himself in better shape. Everyone's always ragging on him and his physique, uh, but he looked fine tonight. So how we got here, they've been doing this angle for a little while where they are play- they were playing off of the old Macho Man, Ric Flair, Miss Elizabeth stuff, heading into WrestleMania back in 1992. They did that whole magazine shoot with Flair in these photos with Elizabeth, and she was mine before she was yours. So they were, you know, playing off of that in this feud. There were photos that were sent to Cardona of Chelsea with Joey, and he went off and lost his mind. What is this? Why are you with him? And I guess supposedly it's uh, Photoshopped or whatever. Anyway, that was the genesis of of this whole thing. When they came out, there was a giant banner that you see on your screen. If Cardona wins, we riot. A la John Cena at One Night Stand in 2006. In fact, that might have been the same balcony. Might have been the same balcony that that banner was hanging from in the same building. Cardona walked out to enter Sandman and was drinking a beer like the Sandman wearing a flannel vest that said fuck Mick Foley on the back of it. I'm telling you, you look at this guy when he walks out there. Cardona is just living his best life right 
This guy looks like he is having the time of his life. Every time we see him, he's always trying to come up with different ideas for angles and stuff. All the stuff that he's done so far in GCW to build himself up as, as this, this heel has been genius. Absolutely genius. The way that he has you know manipulated social media and everything to turn himself into one of the biggest heels in the business right now. Yeah, I'm sure he's making good money, but it looks like he's just having the time of his life. And he just got married to Chelsea Green. Why not? Why not have the time of your life? I'd be having the time of my life, too, if I just got married to Chelsea Green. <laughs> so, good for him. Good for him. This guy spent how many years in WWE? Over a decade, right? Well over a decade in WWE. The biggest company in the world. On television, right? At WrestleManias. And he's a bigger star now than he was then. Except maybe for those few months where he really got himself over. And I was in Madison Square Garden the night that the entire building was chanting his name while The Rock was trying to talk when the show was over. To the point that The Rock had to stop and acknowledge fucking Zack Ryder and put him over just so the people would shut up. Aside from that brief period, he has never been more over in his entire life. And it took him leaving WWE to get himself over or get himself back over. So good for him. Good for him. Chelsea introduced Cardona as the Deathmatch King, and he promised Janela that he would end his career faster than Tony Khan could tell him, you're fired. Janela is one of the ECW uh, or AW stars whose contract is coming up in the next few months and, and might not be renewed. Hence the reference. Cardona pulled out a giant wooden door now, maybe somebody can explain. I'm sure there's some kind of story behind this. We had so many doors on this show tonight. We always hear about the forbidden door. I don't want to see another door for the rest of my... I'm going to take my doors off their hinges. We saw so many doors on this show. Cardboard doors. So, look, I don't want these guys to, you know, hurt themselves or anything. But for God's sakes, I mean... The more that we saw these doors and the more that people went through them, the more obvious it was that they were fucking cardboard. I mean, I say the same thing when WWE, some of the props they use sometimes when they break in a certain way, it just don't look good. So they had tons of cardboard doors on this show. What is, what is the significance? Okay, so doors are what GCW's tables are. I see. Okay, so in GCW, instead of, instead of tables, it's doors. Well, I, I think that's stupid, but okay. All right. Well, that I, I knew there was some kind of a story behind it. I was just wondering why there were so many fucking doors on this show. So Cardona pulled out the first of what would be many uh, giant doors from under the ring. Janela delivered a Death Valley driver through the door, which was propped up in the corner. Janela placed Cardona on a chair. He went for a flip dive out over the top, but Cardona moved. Joey crashed and burned. Cardona ripped off his shirt like he was Hulk Hogan, and he tossed it into the crowd. A fan caught it, ripped the shirt, or or tried to, and then threw it back at Chelsea Green, who who wigged out. Cardona went to nail Janela with a chair, but his wife stopped him, and then Chelsea gave Cardona a low blow. And then she was telling Janela, go, 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 up to the top, up to the top. So they wanted to make you think that, okay, she was, in fact, with Joey Janela. We could all see what was about to happen. As soon as Janela climbed to the top rope, Chelsea crotched him. 
And then Cardona sat up, he reached into his pants, and he pulled out a protective cup. The same thing that AJ Styles should have wore when he was feuding with Shinsuke Nakamura all those years ago. How many times did he get kicked or hit in the nuts? He never figured it out. Brock Lesnar went through the same thing for a while. These guys can't figure out. Matt Cardona is the smartest fucking guy in the world. Because unlike Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles and all these other dumb shits, he's figured out you got to wear a protective cup. So he pulled out the cup. Chelsea laughed. He pulled it out from his uh, crotchal region to uh, reveal that it was all a ruse. He nailed the running woo-woo-woo boot in the corner with a chair to Janela's face. Janela went to hit Cardona later on with Cardona's internet title. He still carries that internet championship with him. So Janela went to hit Cardona with Cardona's internet title. And out comes smart Mark Sterling. No Jade Cargill or Mercedes Martinez, right? He, he's managing them. He's with them in AEW. But here comes smart Mark. And he says that as Cardona's lawyer, he was informing Joey Janela that if he uses that internet title as a weapon, that he will be disqualified. He said he brought a VIP guest with him and he introduced Vince. And they played No Chance in Hell. So they played or, or started to play Vince McMahon's theme song. And out comes someone wearing a Vince McMahon mask. I mean, Vince McMahon looks like he's wearing a Vince McMahon mask on TV every week. But here it was the other Vince under the mask, or uh, Vincent as he was in WCW. It was Virgil. He pulled the mask off to reveal Virgil, who I'm sure was walking through the streets of Manhattan looking for an olive garden, but uh, stumbled across the Manhattan Center and said, hey, why don't I stop in? And they saw him and said, hey, you want to make a cameo on the show? And he said, sure. I can't tell him where there is an Olive Garden in Manhattan. I don't think there is an Olive Garden in Manhattan. I could tell him, you know, where to go if he's looking for uh, Applebee's. You know, it was an Applebee's in Times Square, not too far away. But that was it. He just appeared. He didn't do anything. He just kind of showed up. He was there. I'm sure they gave him his, uh, his fuck money or his meat sauce or whatever it is that he's talking about these days on social media. So Virgil had a cameo, and at this point, I just wrote in my notes, this match has officially jumped the shark. Little did I know, little did I know that there would be more appearances yet to come. Cardona used the distraction to roll up Janela for an earfall. Mark Sterling hit the ring. Cardona accidentally nailed him with the internet belt. And then Hornswoggle appeared from underneath the ring, and he bit Joey Janela on the ass. And he pushed him forward, face-first, into the ring post. So Hornswoggle enters the ring, or goes to enter the ring. Actually, before he enters the ring, he encounters a a GCW name that I'm sure some of you, anyway, are familiar with. Sam Stackhouse, who looks to be every bit of 400-plus pounds. He picks up Hornswoggle and puts him into the ring and climbs into the ring after him. Swoggle tries to fight him, very ill-advised. He puts Swoggle down. Stackhouse now is climbing the ropes. I'm assuming, you know, okay, he's going to do like a Vader bomb or something. He goes to the top and tries for a moonsault. And thankfully, Hornswoggle, whose life was flashing before his eyes, rolled out of the way, so Stackhouse, he hit the moonsault, but there was nobody underneath. 
So Hornswoggle saved his own life. And then we had another guest show up. Someone who we have not seen in quite some time on AEW television. And another name that has been mentioned in recent days as someone whose contract is uh, coming due soon and, and might very likely be expiring. And that is Marco Stunt, who has made many appearances in GCW before. Marco Stunt appears in the ring. He threw a chair at Swoggle's head. Cardona grabbed Marco, hit an inverted DDT. Janela DDT'd Cardona and then hit the Raven pose. Marco Stunt got back up. He was working over Hornswoggle with the uh, with a chair. He set up another door across several chairs. And he nailed a double stomp through the door. Janela hit a flying elbow through a table on the floor. Chelsea Green nailed Marco's stunt with the title belt and then hit a Canadian Destroyer. Janela hit the ring, went to pile drive Chelsea Green, but Cardona nailed him with the chair to the back. Cardona, at this point, he was bleeding right above the eye. Chelsea began caning Janela. Singapore cane, as they used to call it in the old ECW days. Now it's just kendo stick. Kendo stick this, kendo stick that. Back in the day, the Sandman would cane your ass. So Chelsea was caning Janela. Janela, though, pulled himself up. And when she went to hit him again, he grabbed the cane and he gave her a pile driver. So then somebody arrived at the ring. They hit the ring dressed like Edge from One Night Stand in 2006. Remember when Edge interfered? And he had, he was in all black. Might have been a leather jacket. He had the black motorcycle helmet on. I think he speared John Cena through a table, I believe. So somebody dressed in the same gear hits the ring and does the exact same thing to Joey Janela. Speared him through one of the doors. Instead of a table, it was a door. And that was, by the way, the second callback, counting the, uh, if you also count the banner that I showed you, the second callback to that one-night stand show in 2006. Pulled off the helmet, turned out to be Brian Myers. Cardona's best friend, his former tag team partner, his podcast buddy. And he actually got a big pop. I know Myers has been doing stuff at Impact. So Myers got a pop. Cardona nailed his finish, and he scored the pin. Fans started throwing trash at the ring, thinking that it was WCW in 1996. You would think the NWO had just arrived. Thankfully, they didn't get a chance to flood the entire area with too much garbage because they had a whole a whole other half of the show left to do. But some trash started to hit the ring, and all of a sudden, we heard a familiar theme, a theme that we have not heard in a very long time. We heard the Run DMC version of the Degeneration X theme music, which I actually think is a very underrated song. I, I might like that version of the song. Actually, I do. I like that version of the song better than the regular DX music. I like the Run DMC version. Out comes Sean Wallman. Big reaction for Sean Wallman. Wallman has been dealing with injury issues for a while. He has not wrestled in years. And he has said that 2022 is going to be a comeback year for him. I've said before that I thought he was going to be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble next weekend. I think he will. I think he'll be a surprise entry in the Men's Rumble. He came out. he's He's looking great. You know, he he looks to be in great shape. He came down to the ring. He wiped out Myers and Cardona. And he went for a Bronco Buster, but the heels escaped. Waltman helped up Janela to his feet. The two of them embraced. 
Uh, holy shit. What, where do I begin with this? This was an overbooked mess. Uh, it was an overbooked mess, though, I thought, in a fun way. It was the kind of match that was self-aware of what it was. It was designed exactly the way that it went down. It was designed to be that way. And outside of one uh, kind of lull in the match, a little bit later on, late in the match, the crowd was mostly into it. I mean, look, we went from Mark Sterling to Virgil to Hornswoggle to Marco Stunt to Brian Myers and finally to X-Pac, when all was, or as Steve Austin used to call him, X-Pac. We had X-Pac at the end. I mean, this was, this was all over the place. This was just a fucking, <laughs> I don't know. What, what is a good word for this? This was all over the place, but it was entertaining. That's the key. I thought it was entertaining. This is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I was entertained, and I give Matt Cardona a lot of credit for this career renaissance that he has been having. You know, he's worked his ass off, and it's paying off for him. Again, he's one of the biggest heels in the business right now. He knows how to get under those people's skin. He knows what buttons to push. You know, him and Chelsea together both, they make this great, obnoxious heel combo. uh, And they're a perfect fit for GCW. And I think a lot of the GCW fans gained a lot of respect for him when he was doing the deathmatch stuff with Nick Gage. And he took a lot of abuse because not everybody would be willing to do that. You know, and he did. He gets it. Mance Warner walked out after this match. He was another surprise on this show. Mance Warner... Uh, suffered a pretty gruesome uh, injury, a pretty gruesome leg injury many months ago. Uh, I believe it was the same show on the same night that uh, Danhausen suffered his, uh, his the injury to his uh, leg housing. So Mance Warner came out. He was cutting a promo about everybody who worked hard to make GCW what it is today. And Atticus Koger came out. Again, I'm not really familiar with who that is. He came out to attack him. Matthew Justice came out to try and make the save. He was quickly overwhelmed. And then the lights went out. The lights went out. Tony Khan somewhere got a little tingle up his leg when the lights went out. And, oh, by the way, another ECW staple. The lights going out. Paul Heyman is the one who started that shit, or at least uh, popularized it. So the lights go out. And we hear a whistle. And when the lights come back on, in the ring is Sabu and Bill Alfonso. Sabu and Fonzie back together here in the Hammerstein Ballroom. All the baby faces, they hurled chairs at the heels. Poor Gregory Iron, shout out to Gregory. He was in the ring. He got nailed right in the the face by Fonzie with a chair. And if you are a Sabu fan, if you are uh, you know, a fan of the old ECW and a fan of Sabu, it was a nice little bit of nostalgia, you know, getting him and Fonzie back together and playing, you know, the Pantera music playing. So for those people, I would think they enjoyed seeing this. Ruby Soho, if it if it in fact was Sabu, I'm assuming it was Sabu. Sabu had a face mask on, he refused to take it off. So you could only see his eyes. Sabu takes his safety very seriously. So he never did take the mask off. I'm assuming it was Sabu. We had Ruby Soho one-on-one against Ali Catch. I have not seen much of Ali Catch. I do know that she is very much beloved by the GCW fan base. So this was my first big match of hers. 
Uh, she went for a pile driver early, but Ruby escaped. Ruby hit the riot kick a little bit later on, but Allie kicked out. Soho missed a double foot stomp off the ropes. Allie countered with a knee strike and a pile driver for a near fall. So they each kicked out of their big moves. And Catch placed Soho on the top. She went for a superplex, went to turn it into a pile driver off the top, which Ruby countered out of. She hit her kick, and she ended up pinning Allie Catch. The crowd booed. They wanted to see the GCW talent go over. They wanted to see Allie Catch win that match. So when Ruby got the win, there were uh, very loud boos. Even the announcers made reference to the fact that you know the fans were hoping to see her come in here and get a win. And when they embraced when the match was over and Ruby wisely held up Allie's hand, everybody cheered. Uh, I thought this was good. I thought it was a good match between them. But uh, nothing you know, spectacular or anything. I thought Allie Catch was, was good. Again, my first exposure to her. Uh, Ruby, we know what Ruby can do in the ring. And I thought that they, they had a good little match. Unlike this next one. This I was not a fan of. In fact, this I thought was one of the worst things on the entire show. We had Jeff Jarrett, who missed a, a great opportunity to come down to the ring with some uh, glo- some of that Global Force gold. You know, he probably could have sold some bars. If he's got any gold bars left, he could have been uh, selling them at the merch table outside the venue. Jeff Jarrett against GCW's own Effie. Yes, Jeff Jarrett on this ECW. I, I did it again. All the nostalgia has got me confused here. Jeff Jarrett on this GCW show. Why? Beats the fuck out of me. There he is. This goes back to an angle they uh, shot. GCW's last show was called Die for This. And Effie came to the ring to make an announcement when this hooded figure with a guitar came down to the ring. We didn't know who it was. But he wrapped that guitar over Effie's head. And when he revealed himself, he revealed himself to be Jeff Jarrett. And so here we are. Very simple story. We still don't know why he attacked Effie. But they brought Jeff Jarrett in to feud with Effie. This was Jeff Jarrett's first match in three years. And as Jarrett came down to the ring, he assaulted Vladimir the Superfan on his way to the ring. Dressed in all black, had his guitar with him. Effie entered to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John, as he usually does. King Soul in the chat says this was the best match on the car. I don't know what card you were watching. So they were hitting the ropes early, going back and forth, hitting the ropes, just like in any traditional wrestling match. All of a sudden, Effie drops to his knees as Jarrett is coming in. And Jarrett doesn't know what to make of this. And he backs away, and the crowd started chanting, suck his dick. That's what they said. They said, suck his dick. And Jared didn't like that. He didn't, he didn't want to suck dick. And so he called the referee over for a chat. Boy, this review is something else. He called the referee over for a chat to tell him to get Effie to cut the crap out. He's not cool with that. So Jarrett took his belt off. He started whipping him with it outside the ring, started choking him with it. There was a referee outside the ring who tried to stop Jarrett. Jarrett just hauled off and whipped him right in the face. <laughs> you should have heard the fucking noise this thing made. He whipped him right in his, his chin, right in his face, and the referee went down. 
So back in the ring, Jarrett was choking him with the belt, and Effie had a smile on his face. He looked like he was uh, he was enjoying this uh, this choking as Jarrett was trying to choke him unconscious. So Jarrett trapped him in the buckles. He grabbed a chair. Effie escaped. And Jarrett hit the buckles. Effie made a comeback. He started whipping Jarrett with the belt, giving him back uh, you know, a little taste of his own medicine there. Effie went for a blockbuster, but Jarrett ducked. He grabbed the guitar. Effie low-blowed him and rolled him up for a near fall. And Effie, at that point, grabbed the guitar. He got punched in the balls. Jarrett smashed Effie over the head with the guitar, and Effie no-sold it. He, he's like Sting in AEW. So he no-sold the guitar shot. However, Jarrett immediately followed up with the stroke, and Effie had the guitar, you know, the debris from the guitar still wrapped around his head. So when Jarrett took him down face first for the stroke, you know, pieces of the guitar went up into Effie's face. So when he rolled him over to cover him for the win, you could see Effie had a cut underneath his eye. But just like that, Jarrett pinned him. Uh, The crowd was not expecting that to be the finish. I mean, they didn't want Effie to lose, but they did not expect that to uh, be the finish. And they were not happy. And they booed that finish. I don't know what the fuck this was supposed to be. But I thought this was the worst thing on the show up to this point. So that's my takeaway from that match. Then we had John Moxley defending his GCW World Championship in what I figured would be the main event, but it was not. Defending the GCW World title against Homicide, who went into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame last night. Loud chance of fuck Bully Ray as the match started. Yeah. I agree. Fuck Bully Ray. Fuck that clown. There he is. Fuck that clown. Best thing I heard all night. My uh, Bully Ray rant is on the channel, by the way. I already put the clip up from today's podcast. It is up here on, on this here YouTube channel. You can hop on over and listen to it when you're done here. So, fuck Bully Ray. They brawled out to the floor for a minute, but quickly brought the action back inside. And Homicide posted himself when he was charging into the corner. He went in shoulder first. Homicide fought back, though. Hit a toe pay cone helo through the ropes. Wiped out Moxley on the floor. Back inside, Homicide hit a cutter off the middle rope. Only got a two count. Moxley came back with a German. Homicide returned the favor with one of his own. Moxley hit a double-arm DDT, went for the pin. Only got two. Moxley locked on the bulldog choke. And I thought, you know, I thought that this was going to be it because he's finished off people in AEW with it. You know, he's gone to that as his uh, finish in recent, I mean, before he left, you know, in recent months. We've seen him win a lot of matches with that bulldog choke. Homicide tapped out. I don't care what anybody says. Homicide clears day. Not once, but twice. Tapped out. Didn't mean to. He was trying to make his way to the ropes, but he did tap out. Referee ignored it. Homicide ended up getting to the bottom rope. And it also looked like Homicide lost a tooth. The announcers even pointed out, I believe the tooth was laying on the mat. So he may have lost a tooth. Moxley left the ring to search for some plunder to use. He brought a chair into the ring. He wedged it in the corner. 
went to send Homicide into it, but he he got reversed and Moxley went into it. There was another chair in the ring. Homicide was setting up for the cop killer, the uh, the vertebraker, on the chair. Moxley slipped out, and he dropped Homicide with a double-arm DDT on the chairs, and Homicide kicked out. Moxley was showing frustration. He opened up one of the chairs, sat it down. Homicide flipped him off with a double bird. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Started biting Moxley on the face. And Moxley took his head off with a lariat. And then finally delivered a paradigm shift onto the open chair. For the win, he pinned him 1-2-3 to retain the championship. An underwhelming finish uh, to this championship match here. Again, World title is on the line. Uh, I thought that this was uh, very underwhelming. Yeah, it's cool to see Moxley again, and I'm happy to see him back doing his thing and healthy, and everything seems to be uh, you know copacetic with him now. That's cool. And Homicide is cool too. I mean, I've been watching Homicide for a very long time, going back to the old Ring of Honor days. But this was a very underwhelming finish to an underwhelming match, and that then led into the actual main event on this show, which was even more underwhelming. We had the Briscoes coming out for an open challenge. Jay and Mark are the reigning GCW tag team champions, or they were, coming into this match. Now, they have been beefing on social media for weeks and weeks and weeks with FTR, and we have not seen any interaction between them on AEW television. The Briscoes have not debuted yet in AEW. And so with that going on, a lot of people probably thought, well, we're going to get a surprise appearance here by the Briscoes. Or not by the Briscoes, by uh, FTR. FTR showed up at the Ring of Honor show last month as a surprise. So if this was going on last, well, boy, they must have something big planned. And they did, but it, in fact, was not FTR. And, I'll, and I'm very happy it wasn't, and I'll tell you why in a second. But it was not FTR. FTR was not the surprise. But it was an open challenge. And out comes... Matt Tremont. I was very surprised to see Matt Tremont because the last I heard of Matt Tremont, uh, he was in the burn unit still. So I see he's out. I see Matt Tremont is out of the burn unit. Good for him. He landed in the burn unit. He was in the hospital burn ward for a few weeks after an exploding death match with Onita a few months ago. You couldn't pay me enough to be in an exploding anything with Onita. And Tremont uh, got hurt pretty badly, so apparently he's out of the burn board. So as he waited to find out who his partner was going to be, the crowd exploded when Dewey Donovan 
walked out. The manager of Mr. MDK himself, Nick Gage. I did think it was very suspect that Nick Gage was not scheduled for a match on this of all shows. He's Mr. GCW. How do you not have Nick Gage on the show? I didn't buy into these these bullshit rumors about him having this big falling out. I know him and Brett Lauderdale have had falling outs in the past. I didn't buy into any of that. Uh, but I didn't really think uh, anything of it. I figured if anybody was going to be coming out here, it was going to be a tag team. But there he was. Nick Gage, who gets a huge reaction coming to the ring. So the Briscoes set up doors in the ring against the turnbuckles, and Gage speared Jay Briscoe through one of them. Jay started uh, tossing chairs after this into the ring. Gage smashed Mark Briscoe over the head with a door. Dewey Donovan went to go toss in the pizza cutter, which never did come into play. He went to go throw it into Nick Gage. Uh, but Gage got cut off by one of the Briscoes before he could grab it. Mark nailed the froggy bow elbow through the cardboard door on uh, Nick Gage for two. Mark set up another door, fought on the ropes above it. Gage hit a pile driver on a door and hit a choke breaker and pinned Mark Briscoe. That finish came out of nowhere. That finish came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting it. Even, even Jay Briscoe looked pissed and was arguing over it with the referee. It looked botched. It wasn't a botch. I think what happened here, because I looked at what time it was. Now, you got to remember, this was GCW's first real pay-per-view, right? It was a couple of minutes before 11 o'clock, maybe three minutes to 11. My guess is they had a hard stop at 11 p.m. Eastern. They had to get off the air by 11 o'clock. And so in order to do that, this match got cut short. And that's what I think happened. Now, I could be wrong, but judging by this whole thing, I don't think the referee counted when he wasn't supposed to. I think that they were running out of time, and they cut the match short. I don't believe for a second this match was supposed to be as abrupt as it was. But I think that's what happened. I think they had to get off the air at a certain time and get their shit in. And they didn't want to go off the air without there being a finish to this match. And so, unfortunately, it made for a very unexpected, shitty finish. It sucked. This sucked. No other word for it. I thought this sucked. But why I'm happy that it wasn't FTR in this match, first of all, the GCW fans love Nick Gage. I am not a big Nick Gage fan. I don't care for the guy. But I know he's a huge deathmatch legend and he's a big deal. You know, he is to GCW what someone like a Taz or a Sandman or someone like that would have been to ECW back in the day or a Sabu. So it was appropriate for him to be on this show. He belonged on this show. I am very happy that they did not have the FTR Briscoe's match on this show because I think Tony Khan would be out of his mind to have that match happen anywhere but in an AEW ring. That is a big match that you can save for a pay-per-view like Revolution in March. And you bring in the Briscoes, and they would be a hell of an addition to that tag team division because now they're free agents. They don't work for Ring of Honor anymore. They are no longer under contract to Ring of Honor. So Tony Khan ought to be planning to do that match first in AEW before it happens anywhere else. If that match would have happened on this show, I think it would have been a great match, although they probably would have run out of time too, uh, which would have made it worse. Can you imagine if they actually brought in FTR to do this match and realize, oh shit, we're going to run out of time? 
And you put these guys in the ring for four minutes and then the match ends like that? How fucked up that would have been? So, very happy that it ended up not being them. That has to be a match that happens in AEW. Otherwise, Tony Khan is just out of his mind. After the match, Gage, after having won the tag team titles, he and Matt Tremont, Gage got on the mic. He talked about his MDK gang and uh, cursed a lot. And the rest of the roster came out. They filled up the ring behind him, and they went off the air. Right at 11 o'clock. They went off the air. A very anticlimactic ending to a show that was uh, all over the place. This show was all over the place. You truly did get a little bit of everything on this show. Whether or not you look at that as a good thing or a bad thing, it is in the eye of the beholder, but uh, I I don't know if there will be any more GCW pay-per-views for me. I think it'll depend on what the card is. If the card looks attractive to me, then I will watch more GCW pay-per-views. But this, this... you know, coming away from this show, I can't say that it was something that I'm going to feel compelled to watch every month or every single time they have a major show. We'll see. But for tonight, I got my money's worth. I was entertained by what I saw. I wouldn't consider it to be a great show. I think it was kind of in the middle. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would go maybe 6-ish in that range for this show. So that's my final thought. On uh, the world on GCW, but this was a huge night. Make no mistake. Whatever you thought about this show, this was a huge night for the promotion. We'll see. If new fans tuned in and like what they saw, then GCW just picked up a whole bunch of new fans. And if they didn't, then they'll never buy another show again. That's why I'm very curious to see what the buy rate is and how well this show did. I did put a Twitter poll up. I am very curious to see what the results look like for the poll. Well, that looks like the uh, SmackDown poll from the other night. The world on GCW, with almost 1,000 votes in, 40% thumbs up, 36% thumbs in the middle, and 24% thumbs down. So, I mean, that's pretty much in line with what I just said, right? I'd go in 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 the six range, maybe. Five or six for this show, somewhere in the middle. We had somebody who wrote in before and said they're a huge GCW fan and he thinks it was a disappointment. He says they could do better. Well, they'll have their chance. I'm sure we're going to get more pay-per-views from them this year. All it takes is a couple of big matches on the card. Maybe they get a big name to come in. You know, I'd buy another show. But uh, not every month. I would not not be buying these shows uh, every single month. Carl Farnham, what's going on, Carl? Let's not waste any more time here. Let's get to your let's get to your feedback. What did you think of GCW, the world on GCW? Let's see. I'm very curious to see what the reaction is here. We're going to start with uh, Anti M Bishop and uh, see what he thought of tonight's show. Ten dollars super chat. See Juan in the chat says that uh, he was not a fan of the show tonight. Anti M Bishop, long live GCW. It was a very fun pay-per-view and reminded me so much of ECW. It had something for everyone. It's not for everyone, and that's okay. Peace to all involved. It's Solid Monster sounds off all effing day. Goddamn right. 
Giovanni Zarate with that $100 bomb. I didn't forget about you. Thank you, Giovanni. Uh, big GCW fan and follower. The show was disappointing considering all eyes were on them. Hopefully they bounce back. Mike Classic. $7 Super Chad. Double Jack and Coke. One me on me. I think he means on me for enduring that mess. Be calm. See clearly with the two bucks. Do you ever get depressed? I am now for no reason. Yes, I do, actually. Usually on Monday nights. But no, I, I get depressed. I think everybody does. And sometimes there doesn't even have to be any specific reason for it. Generally, though, it passes pretty quickly. I hope it does for you as well. I hope that you can get some pleasure out of hanging out with us tonight, Become. I hope that this stream makes you happy. I don't like hearing that you're depressed. You got to stop watching those Monday Night Raw episodes. I think that's part of the problem. Nayef Alsafar, 999. Honestly, I was entertained. Be calm, see clearly, cheer up, brother. Shout out to the chat and hit that like button. Michael Cuomo, malicious intent. What is going on? 499 Super Chat. Should I blame Vince for the people who job interview bring me... Wait a minute. <laughs> I got I to reread this. Should I blame Vince... For the people who job interview me bring up grabbing the brass ring. Have you been drinking? I think you have. I think you've been hitting that Terramana Blanco. That's what I think. You've been drinking the Rocks tequila. Stephen Feast, $5 super chat. Long time GCW fan. Have friends who were on the show tonight. I am disappointed after the show. I feel like they missed a big opportunity with this show. Yeah, I look, I know some of the people there as well uh, who are at the show or, you know, are kind of around it. And uh, even somebody who uh, was supposed to be officiating on the show. I mean, there's there's people that I'm very happy for them, that they got to be part of a show like this. Because, you know, and I, I kind of feel this way with some of the House of Glory shows. You know, we haven't run in the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, yet. But when there's a big show... And everybody is coming together, and it's a whole big production, and it's the audio, and it's the video, and it's the commentary, and even the people putting the ring together and setting up the chairs, and all, you know, it's a whole team effort. You really feel like you're part of something special. And I can imagine that everybody who was at that show tonight working on this show, from the top on down in that company, is going to come away from this show on a high, proud of what they put together. It's a great feeling when you have that first really big show which is what this was for GCW. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, you know, if you didn't hit a home run, you hope that next time you will. It was not a perfect show. But I think for the people who worked it and the people who were there, I would imagine that coming out of the show tonight that they're going to be uh, on, a, on a big high. I, I know what that feeling is like. And it's cool to be part of something like that. So, 
you know, did they miss a big opportunity for their sake? I hope not. There are people who may have watched who said, you know, fuck this shit. I'm not watching this again. Who may have come away from it disappointed. They have to hope that they were able to convert some new fans tonight. Uh, Kevin Velado, $10 super chat. Was New York a bad location for GCW since New York Commission does not approve of a lot of blood? Well, I mean, it was not ideal if they wanted to do those types of matches, but, and maybe I'm, I'm partial when I say this, but I think New York crowds are some of the best crowds in the world. So if you want a loud, enthusiastic wrestling crowd, there's only a handful of cities that you think of, and New York, I think, is at the top of that list. Sorry, Chicago. Sorry, you know, Toronto and all the other places. But I think if I made a list, New York would be number one on that list. Hammerstein is a great venue. It's a great, intimate venue. It looks great, aside from the horrible paint job. I think I think this this was the right place for them to do a show like this. I don't think this was the right place for them to go out there and do light tubes and barbed wire and shit. You know, you're trying to attract some newer fans. I wouldn't I wouldn't throw it in their face on night one. I would save that for a different show. Suplex! $5 super chat. Yes, I forgot Philadelphia. Philadelphia is another great wrestling city. Suplex, as someone who was in attendance, it was a really good show overall. Janela and Cardona, however, was overbooked and the main was rushed. But outside of that, thumbs up. Jace in case. five. By the way, how about those fucking NFL games? Holy shit. I think this is going to be one of those years where the Super Bowl is a fucking bore compared to the uh, playoff games that came before it. NFL, man. I mean, I don't know what's in the water over there, but those those games today were unbelievable. Jason Case, $5 Super Chat. The show was a 6 out of 10 for me. I have been going through bad heartbreak lately, but you and tonight's show have been a great help. I'm sorry to hear that, Jace. That always sucks. But I'm glad that you are able to join us tonight. I hope that your, uh, your spirits are at least somewhat lifted by this review. Uh, Suplex, again, I was in the same section as the If Cardona Wins, We Riot guys. My section hated them because they kept standing and obstructing the view. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about sitting up in that balcony. If you have people in the front row who are standing up, you can't see shit. I've never sat up there, but I've had friends who have sat up there. And usually when I would be at the Hammerstein, I wouldn't go to the show if I couldn't get seats in the first three rows. So, I've never been to a Hammerstein show anywhere in the Manhattan Center. Either the Grand Ballroom upstairs or the Hammerstein downstairs when you first walk in. Uh, Unless I was in those first three to five rows. Because if there are people standing up, it's not like it's stadium seating. If there are people standing up, and usually at those Ring of Honor shows there were, uh, you can't see shit. So, I was either in the front row, second row, third row, then I'm okay. Unless fucking Omas sits in front of me. Usually I was okay. Otherwise, you run the risk of your view being obstructed. That's that's the one drawback about being in those balcony seats. Uh, Rizzo. $5 super chat. Ryder and Cardona was in Detroit a week or two ago. And he was so good. WWE once again dropped the ball with a talent. 
it's best that he is not in that company anymore because he just he would not have been able to pull this off in WWE. This only works, I think, if he's able to have the freedom to do what he's doing. He would never have that freedom in WWE, even if they pushed him. What he's doing now, the type of thing that he's doing now, I don't think he would have been able to pull that off in WWE. So him being outside of the bubble is the best thing for him. He's a creative guy. You know, he likes coming up with ideas and stuff. Working in WWE, my sense is that if you are a very creative person who comes up with a lot of your own ideas, that's not the place for you to be. That's not the place to be. I get the sense that they have their own team, and if you try to come up with a lot of your own shit, they're going to resent it because that's what they have writers for. So I don't know that that's necessarily the best uh, environment for them. Carlos Naftali, $10 Super Chat. Just got back from the Hammerstein Ballroom. I have to say that Matt Cardona really trolled the crap out of us with that Enter Sandman entrance. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. Lakers Pats won $1.99. Rather fight James Ellsworth or Marco Stunt? Oh, Marco Stunt. I could take Marco Stunt. Uh, Captain String Cheese, $5 Super Chat. This came back from the show. Would not have been as fun if I wasn't drunk. I was hammered at the Hammerstein. Well, that's the only way to go. You got to get hammered at the hammer. Now, what did you get hammered on? You didn't tell me. What did they have on tap at the ballroom? You can't leave me hanging like that. Jacob P. $5 Super Chat. A lot of newer wrestling fans learning what most of us learned like a decade ago, that Bully Ray is a massive tool true very true carl farnham five dollar super chat i hope gcw keeps on growing but i would not buy another pay-per-view five out of ten uh jesse bia ten dollar super chat first gcw show frustrated by the commentary did not explain who people were or why i should get invested One of them gave off a weird, you mad bro vibe. Glad I bought the show, but I will not again. Juan Ocampo, can you say it with me? Outlaw Mud Show. Jim Cornette. Brian Blair, $5 Super Chat. Not your average premium live event, but it was an okay pay-per-view. EJ Slemp. $4.99. Have you ever gone to the Manhattan Center for something that was non-wrestling related? Seems like it would be an awesome concert venue. That's primarily what it is. I have not gone to a concert at the Hammerstein. But I have seen photos of concerts at the Hammerstein when the whole floor is just filled with people. I mean, that's really what it is. It's not a wrestling venue. It's a concert venue. King Bling Blah. How does GCW get away with those WWE themes? Uh, it wasn't just WWE themes. I mean, they fucking played Elton John, for Christ's sake. Elton John, Pantera. Uh, what was the other one? There was, a, there was a few other themes they played. And then, of course, the Vince McMahon theme as well. And the Run DMC theme. Uh, well, look. I mean, if they're going to put this out on demand or on DVD, then these songs are all going to be gone. So, uh, I think... For, for the pay-per-view, I guess they can get away with it the one time. I mean, that's what WWE did when One Night Stand, the first one, aired originally. They played Enter Sandman. You never heard it again, right? They dubbed that shit right out on the DVD. 
So unless you actually recorded it on a VHS, like I did, then you don't have the original version with the Enter Sandman theme. Paul Heyman. $5 Super Chat. If I told you back in 2012 that Zack Ryder would one day be a deathmatch king, what would your response be? Well, I would probably think that you were on some kind of uh, psychotic medication or anti-psychotic medication. Well, I mean, I guess really any kind of hard narcotic. I would not have believed you. I would not have believed you. Juan Bermudez, $5 Super Chat. It would be cool to see AEW do a show at the Hammerstein or Grand Ballroom in the next one or two years. I've been waiting for AEW to do a show at the Hammerstein. I think that would be a fantastic venue for them. However, however, logistically, it is a terrible venue for television. Television, pay-per-view, that, that's what I've always heard. And I believe it. I, I've heard horror stories about Monday Night Raw back in the day, and there being a very small locker room and one working bathroom, and getting the trucks in and out was just a pain in the ass. That was worse. That was worse because the Grand Ball. So if you've never been in the Manhattan Center, because there are still, I feel like there are still some people who are uh, confused when they hear Manhattan Center, Hammerstein. They think they're two completely separate venues. The main venue, if you walk outside, the marquee says Manhattan Center. When you walk into the Manhattan Center, right there when you first walk in, I mean, there's another set of doors once you get in past that little lobby, but that's where the Hammerstein is. So you just walk right in. The Grand Ballroom, and and when TNA ran shows there, they were in the Grand Ballroom. Ring of Honor was in the Grand Ballroom originally, upstairs, before they went down to the Hammerstein. And Raw, back in 1993 was upstairs in the Grand Ballroom. That's eight floors up. That is eight floors up in a building that is really not conducive to taping television. So I can understand if maybe that's why they don't want to do TV there, but I'm I'm kind of, I'm just, I'm dying for them to go there for a dynamite. I just think that it would be a great atmosphere for the show. Uh, but I will tell you, having gone to shows in that Grand Ballroom and there's one tiny-ass elevator... And I never waited for the elevator. You would go in, they would, you know, rip your ticket, and it would just be this mad dash up eight flights. Now, you have a whole group of wrestling fans who are running up eight flights of stairs. So there was a lot of huffing and puffing going on when you finally got to the top. And I, I would get up there, and I'm just pushing people aside so I can get to my fucking seat. So that wasn't always fun. You know, Hammerstein downstairs can fit more people. Hammerstein, you can fit... In excess of 2,000. I believe the Grand Ballroom upstairs, you're going to get a max of maybe 1,100. So it looks similar, but it's smaller. You don't get as many people in there. Yeah, I would love to see AEW bring a show there. But uh, it's just, it's not a, it's not a great uh, building that uh, is conducive to, to doing television. I see Nier is with us in the chat. He says he just tested positive for COVID. That sucks. As if you're not going through enough. Uh, Nier, get well, man. When it rains, it pours, right? This too shall pass. HBKC83, $5 super chat with the Royal Rumble coming up. I got to ask you, 
How silly was the ending to the 93 Rumble with Yokozuna and the Macho Man going for a pin? Uh, Very, very dumb. It was dumb back then, and it's just as dumb today. It's even dumber when you think that it was Savage who did that, because Savage was the veteran, right? He should know better. And for him to try for a pin in a Royal Rumble match, and, and it's stupid too, because when Yoko kicked out, Savage basically had to stand up and launch himself over the top rope. So, yeah, that was that was a very uh, dumb finish. A lot of people seem to like when I put uh, Bully the Clown on the straight on the screen here, so I'll put him back. There he is, Bully the Clown, everybody, with a little red nose. He can do tricks. He can jump through flaming hoops, flaming tables. What a stupid thing to say. Again, if you want to hear my thoughts on the whole John Moxley Bully Ray thing, it's on today's podcast. And the clip is on the YouTube channel right now. Very, very stupid. I one of the best moments of the show. The entire crowd in unison chanting fuck bully ray. <laughs> That's why New York is so great. Even to one of their own. When they say something stupid, they give it right back to them. It's why why I made that the headline, uh, the banner image for the uh, Facebook group. Oh, Bully the the Clown is already a super chat. That is is a new super chat. It's random. There's no dollar amount attached to it, so I don't know when it's going to pop up. But that is one of the new super chats that I've added. So Bully, Bully the Clown will be with us for a while. You never know when he may pop up on screen. <laughs> it looks like John Gacy. Yeah, I, I made that mistake earlier, right, with the uh, the John Wayne Gacy reference. Uh, Jason Case with the five bucks. Could you share a few of your favorite memories attending shows at the Manhattan Center? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of them were Ring of Honor shows for the most part. I'm trying to think of if there's one particular one that stands out. I think the one that really stands out the most, and, and probably the best show I ever went to uh, in that building, was not in Hammerstein. It was in the ballroom upstairs. It was one of the early years when Ring of Honor uh, was really first running the building. It was Glory by Honor 5, Night 2. I want to say, oh, God, I guess that would have been... I don't remember what year that was. I don't remember if that was 2006 or 2007. I want to say 2006. I think it was not long after I started going to Ring of Honor shows. And Bruno Sammartino was there. He was the invited guest. And I just remember I was in the third row with my little fucking shitty disposable camera. And Bruno comes out mid-show just to talk and just to give a speech. And now it's great to be here and talk about wrestling and the entire roster came out and it like lumberjacks and they surrounded the ring and everybody was hanging on to his every word because it's Bruno, you know, the living legend, right? So to see him in person for the one and only time I ever got to see him in person was, was very cool. And that night we had some great matches. It was Nigel McGinnis against, oh God, it was um, for the GHC uh, heavyweight title. Was it Go Shiozaki? I don't remember if it was Shiozaki or... Um, I think it was someone else. But the main event was Brian Danielson against Kenta for the uh, Ring of Honor world title. So we got some incredible matches that night. We got to see Bruno. Uh, and in that building, it was just, it was great. 
It was great. But I, I always had fun. I don't think I ever went to a bad show in that building. I mean, I went to a show once and I got very sick. Somebody gave me the flu or the cold or the cold. I got sick after one of those shows. I was sitting next to somebody who was coughing and sneezing the whole fucking time. And, you know. So that wasn't fun. But no, I always had fun going to that building. And I, I, I've told the story when I would go in and they'd rip my ticket. They had a couple of guys working the door as I went in. They, they would see, start seeing me on a regular basis at these shows. And every time they would see me, they would go, oh, look, it's Baby Dragon. Because everybody's like, oh, my God, you look just like Brian Danielson. I go, oh, okay. So I became Baby Dragon there for a while. Solo Monster equals Patient Zero. Well, I don't know. This was many years ago. I am not Patient Zero. You don't, you don't blame this COVID shit on me. Chris said he drew number 23 in the Royal Rumble pool in our Facebook group. Well, I drew number 22. So I will be rooting for whoever comes out at number 22 in the men's and women's rumbles next uh, Saturday. Uh, if you want to get in on that pool, by the way, you still have time. You have up until the day of the pay-per-view. Uh, but you got to be a member in the private group on Facebook, which means you have to be approved. So if you want to get in on it, that's the place to go. <laughs> the bully pick needs the clown music from RSPW Rewind. Yeah, I'm already working on the next one. Bro went from Baby Dragon to an Orange Cassidy doppelganger. That is depth. See, I don't look like Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy looks like me. Although I've shaved. So Orange, Orange Cassidy has the, uh, the stubble. Uh, did I go to Final Battle in 2006? I probably did. That was the first year I started going to uh, shows. That summer, I probably was. If it, if it was at that building, then yeah, I was definitely there. I still have all my ticket stubs. I kept all the tickets. Every time you would go to a Ring of Honor show back then, the ticket stubs were a different color. So once it was yellow, the next time it would be red or orange or green, blue. I still have all the, the, the ripped ticket stubs. So I could tell you what shows I was at. I'm not going to go do that now, but uh, I could go back and find out. I'm almost positive I was at that show. Uh, Jay says, since when is the Royal Rumble on Saturday? Uh, well, it is this year. In fact, uh, a lot of their pay-per-views this year are going to be on Saturday. So one night of WrestleMania will be on Saturday. Money in the Bank will be on Saturday. Although I think Money in the Bank might get uh, pushed back a day. I believe there was a big UFC pay-per-view announced that weekend for that Saturday, July 4th weekend. So if that's the case, I could see the Money in the Bank show at Allegiant Stadium being pushed back. And supposedly they they booked the whole weekend. So if anything happens on Saturday, they could just shift the show over to Sunday. Uh, but they haven't announced anything official on that. Paul Heyman, can you see Alberto El Patron in the Rumble? No. Did I ever see Omega before he got popular? Uh, live? In person? I... I... No. Not in person. I don't think so. But I saw his matches, yeah, before he got really popular. Yes, I saw his matches. I saw the cleaner back in the day. <clears throat> back in the day. Drew Johnson, $5 super chat. Watch Yellow Jackets. I, I don't know what that is. Vince McMahon don't want none of Dana White. No, he doesn't. If there is a UFC show that Saturday, that weekend, then they're definitely going to move money in the bank. 
they're going to try to fit that's fill that stadium for money in the bank. I mean, that's the same stadium they ran SummerSlam last year. They had 50,000 people there. You know, can they get anywhere close to that for money in the bank? I mean, they consider money in the bank now to be one of their big annual shows. So we're going to find out. They're doing a lot of stadium shows later this year. In fact, SummerSlam is in July for the first time ever. And they're running a stadium for that, too. They're running two stadium shows within, I think, three weeks of each other. So good luck with that. They're being very ambitious. Uh, How tall are you? You look like you would be taller than him. If anything, Danielson is Baby Dragon and you are the adult. Uh, I think he and I are about the same size. Unless he has shrunk as he has gotten older. But I'm older than he is. So if anybody was going to shrink, it would be me. And there ain't no shrinkage here, I can tell you that. Uh, Jay White and Samoa Joe will be new signings of Impact very soon. All Elite Wrestling Dream signings are Briscoes and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, we don't know where Samoa Joe is going to end up, but uh, I know that we'll find out very soon because he's not going to be a free agent for very long. That I can promise you. Have I ever tuned into New Japan Strong? And if if so, what are my quick thoughts? I've seen a couple of episodes of New Japan Strong a while back. It seemed like a decent wrestling show, but nothing that I would make the time to check out. I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of tapped as far as uh, all, all the wrestling shows go. I have to be economical with my time. So I, I don't look at that as priority programming, but from what I saw, you know, they have a lot of talented young guys there who could really develop into something, you know, in the coming years, but it's not, it's not what I would call appointment television. So it's not something I'm going to watch every week. Uh, Drew Johnson says, you don't know about yellow jackets that don't work for me, brother. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know. There's so many new shows. I I've heard of Yellowstone, right? Isn't that like an old western show? Uh it says nice Costanza reference and wait, you're older. You look mid 30s. I I I do look very young. I do look very young. Juan says I thought Solo was 6 foot 3. No. No. Papa Monster was uh, 6 foot 2. He was, uh, well, I mean, compared to me, he was very tall. I guess if he was a, a wrestler, he would be average size. But uh, you know, he was six foot two. I, I am not six foot two. Why is AEW not doing more with Jay Lethal? Don't know. You'd have to ask Tony Khan. But they gave Leo Rush a spot to Jay Lethal. And they weren't doing much with Leo Rush even then. So I don't know that Jay Lethal is going to get much more in the way of TV time. Tay says, I thought you were 6'1". I, I am whatever you whatever you think I am, is what I am. I mean, a lot of people, we've, we've done meetups before. I know it's been a couple of years because of COVID, but we've had a whole bunch of sound off meetups. I mean, plenty of, plenty of you guys have met me in person. We've talked in person. We've hung out in person. I mean, I'm not, I'm not walking around like uh, fucking Andre the Giant over here. Do I think Asuka will be in the Rumble? I don't know what her injury status is. I haven't honestly uh, checked to see if she's, you know, fully. Rec- well, I guess we don't know for sure. But how long ago that she she had some kind of operation on her hand because she was in a cast. I don't know what her injury status is. Um, 
I would almost say if she's in there, she should win it. But yeah, I think we could see her as a surprise. She won't win, but I, I could see her as a surprise, I think. I think that uh, Sean Waltman, I could see him as a surprise in the men's match. Yeah, Morphine21 says, wait a minute, the Rumble is Saturday. I live in St. Louis and I did not know that. Yes, the Rumble is at the uh, the Dome at America Center in St. Louis this Saturday, less than a week from now. Maybe they're not doing a lot of great local advertising where you are. Dr. Dynamite says, I don't get why people like GCW. He doesn't seem to understand. Uh, can I see Jazz in the Royal Rumble? I No, I don't see it. I think now Jazz is officially retired. So I don't see it. Uh, Drew Johnson, Google it. You'll thank me later. I was the one who put you on to Squid Game. Well, I thank you for that, by the way. I loved Squid Game. I'm almost done with Alice in Borderland, and I'm enjoying that, too. I like Squid Game more, but uh, I'm enjoying that, too. Uh, fan one $10 Super Chat. Do you think that Brian Danielson, Danny Garcia, and Serena Deeb as a heel faction in AEW, since they are based as submission experts, would work? What do you think of that? I, I, I actually kind of like that idea, to be honest with you. And Brian Danielson said recently in an interview that he wants to have his own group. He wants to put a faction together, and he wants to have at least one of the young stars in the company as part of the group. And the first name that I suggested when I heard that, and the first name I thought of, was Daniel Garcia. I hadn't thought about putting Serena in there, but I I think that could work. I think they would need one more person. And you just got to come up with a name. But I feel like, you know, Garcia's been with 2.0. I mean, you could always split them up, but I, I kind of feel like they're a package deal. So do you bring in 2.0? You know, maybe they're the comedy relief of the group. King Bling Blah, thoughts on Dante Leone, shooting star 180 cutter. From what I saw tonight, and I only briefly really was able to pay attention to him. There were so many spots and so many things going on in that match. Uh but what I saw briefly from him looked good. I just didn't, I didn't really see enough of him, to be honest with you. Uh, but what I saw from him was was good. Uh, Tyler asks, did Jeff Jarrett win his match tonight? Of course he did. Yes, of course. You thought Jeff Jarrett was coming in to lose to a guy named Effie? Of course Jeff Jarrett won. But it's the first match. Maybe they're going to have a series of matches. Maybe he's going to come back again. I would laugh, though. I would laugh if Jeff Jarrett came to GCW. He hit this guy over the head with a guitar. He wrestled on their Hammerstein pay-per-view. He pinned their star. And then he just leaves and doesn't come back. (laughs) That would be a veteran move. That would be a very shrewd move on his part. Uh, Can I see Lacey Evans in the Rumble? Well, I, she gave birth how many months ago? Depends how long ago she gave birth. I mean, the, these women, they need time to recover here. I mean, they're not, uh, <laughs> they're not machines, for crying out loud.
Yeah, Serena Deeb is uh, fantastic. I- I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying what they're doing with her right now. She's just the old KG veteran who just is tired of taking people's shit. You know, she goes in there and she she's very aggressive. She's a great wrestler. She gave birth to Ric Flair's child. Okay, so good. I I knew she gave birth. So Lacey Evans did, in fact, have Ric Flair's child. That's good to know. Lacey is going to win, says Casey DeMos. No, she's not. I mean, I, I know the last time we saw her, they were doing the angle with her and Charlotte, and Charlotte's, you know, in the Rumble, and she's the champion, and if Lacey wins, she could challenge Charlotte. No. It's not going to happen. Is GCW considered the biggest indie promotion in the States? I've never watched their show personally. I, I would say at the moment, yes. They are the certainly the most notable independent promotion in the United States right now. Serena is what Shayna Baszler should have been in WWE. It's a fair point. Oh, you mean you didn't enjoy watching Shayna Baszler hang out with uh, Reggie and Nia Jax? You didn't think that was great entertaining television? Tay says, I hope Chris Masters enters the Royal Rumble. It's going to be very hard since he is in the NWA. I think he, isn't he a, a champion, I think. I think he's the, Ah, um, uh, what title does he have? I think he's a champion in uh, in NWA right now. Drew Johnson, $5 Super Chat. Sonny will win the Women's Royal Rumble. I don't think she'll be able to enter the Rumble with her ankle bracelet. Any news on Ring of Honor? Are they coming back? Uh, they just announced their their first pay-per-view is going to be, I think, April 1st. So they they have announced their first show back. They're going to make some kind of announcement this week. Supposedly an announcement that Ring of Honor fans are going to be very happy with. So watch for that. So it looks like they're they're trying to come back. That's the plan. But it's going to be a very different promotion. They're not going to have people under contract anymore. You know, I don't know what the shows are going to look like production-wise if they're scaling back. It's going to be a whole new era for Ring of Honor. Is the NWA considered an indie? Well, you know, it's hard. I I don't even know how you define independent promotion anymore. I mean, it's just, it's such a, it's such a weird time right now in wrestling. You know, some promotions have television, some don't. Some like Ring of Honor are are owned and backed by a fucking, you know, billion dollar media conglomerate. And I guess any promotion that doesn't have that kind of financial backing, you would consider to be independent. Now, NWA is bankrolled by a millionaire. They're bankrolled by Billy Corgan. Do I consider NWA to be an independent promotion? Well, I mean, if you look at it as just being run and funded by one person, I guess technically, yeah, you could consider them an independent promotion. They don't have actual television, right? They're on Fight. They're on YouTube. I guess it all depends on how you define independent promotion in today's day and age. Does Tommaso Ciampa have a shot on the main roster? 
he's got a better shot, I think, than someone like Kyle O'Reilly would have had. I, you know, I don't know. I, I could see his size being an issue if he gets called up. I, I don't think he's got a very good shot. Does he have a shot? Yes. Does he have a very good shot? No. No, he does not. Was I watching Ring of Honor during the HD net days? Uh, off and on. The television shows? No. Uh, but the product, I, w- I was paying attention to the product. I was not watching the show on a weekly basis, though. It would be cool if Io Shirai won the Rumble, let her eliminate Charlotte. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Have Io Shirai debut the Royal Rumble and let her eliminate Charlotte Flair. <laughs> That was funny. That was funny. Uh, Abinov with the $2 super chat. Which female would you add to the pinnacle and why? Well, you know, we were just talking about Serena Deeb. If there is no faction with Brian Danielson, I actually think Serena would probably fit in very nicely in the pinnacle. Alexa Bliss will do the honor. I, I've said, I think Alexa, whether she is officially in the Rumble or she just kind of shows up and does magic tricks to distract Charlotte, I think Alexa is the one who either causes Charlotte to be eliminated or does the eliminating. But I don't see her winning the Rumble. Because I think Bianca wins the Rumble and Bianca's going to challenge Becky. You could still have Alexa wrestle Charlotte, I guess, but Alexa is on Raw. So technically, Alexa would have to win the Rumble and then pick Charlotte, and then she can move over to SmackDown. But the uh, the Rumble should be a Bianca Belair win. I know that she won last year already, but she she's the right person to win that match. What is my favorite match of January thus far? Solomonster. Uh, it's hard to top that Walter match. That last match? that he had on NXT UK a couple of weeks ago against the uh, the former Ben Carter, right? Nathan Fraser, I think, is his new name. I watched that match. It was a hell of a match. Uh, I mean, as good, as good as any match that... Well, but then again, I mean, if you're... Okay, so you're counting the entire month of January. I, I, I was thinking more in the last few weeks. There's no way I would put that match above the Okada matches from Wrestle Kingdom, so... The best matches I have seen this month were both Okada matches from both nights of Wrestle Kingdom. But the Walter match from NXT UK a few weeks ago, it's worth going out of your way to watch. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Everybody in the chat doesn't know who I'm talking about. Gunther. He was Walter at the time, so I call him Walter. Don't give me that Gunther shit. Yeah, I just said Okada. The Okada matches at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Okada and Osprey, I think, is is number one for me on my list. Bailey, you know, Bailey is another one. I don't think that she's ready to come back yet, but boy, you know, we've had people come back early from injury, like surprise, and Bailey would be a nice surprise for that women's rumble. You know, if she's in there, it's hard to imagine that she doesn't win it if she comes back in that match. 
Drew Johnson, $5 super chat. The best thing in life is HBK super kicking Brett's head off. Love you, Solomonster. Thank you, Drew. Bailey has been training. Training is is different than making uh, a comeback and being cleared to wrestle, though. Those are two different things. So what do you think? We usually save uh, Be the Booker for the AEW stream. Should we Should we do uh, Be the Booker here before we leave tonight? I'll, le- I'll leave it in your, your hands. You let me know in the chat. Be the Booker, yes or no? Y or N? Yes or no? You let me know. I think I know what the answer is going to be. But let me put the poll up again. This is the GCW poll. 40% thumbs up. 35% thumbs in the middle, 24% thumbs down. At Solomonster on Twitter is the place to go if you would like to vote in the poll. Trying to get a sense of what everybody thought of the show tonight. And uh, I see the reaction in the chat. That can only mean one thing. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the Booker. Be the Booker time. We're going to do a little booking here on this G. I don't have any GCW names, though. I feel like we should have some GCW people. We should have the Grim Reefer in here, right? We should have Nick Gage. But uh, we'll we'll work with what we have in here. We'll work with the uh, WWE talent. It is WrestleMania season almost, right? We're coming up soon on WrestleMania. So let's see uh, what kind of match we book here with the men. Who's that? Who dat? I don't know who that is. I haven't seen this man in months. He might be dead, for all we know. Elias. Whatever happened to Elias? We have Elias as one half of the rest. You know where this is headed. One half of the WrestleMania main event. It will be Elias one-on-one against Mustafa Ali. <laughs> As if, as if Vince McMahon would put this man anywhere near the WrestleMania main event. We all know what they think of Ali. They're holding him hostage. The guy wants to leave. They have no plans for him. They're not letting him go. So that was a fail. We're not having a very good month, by the way, with this uh, Be the Booker. This this is our worst month ever with these men's matches. I think all the matches on Be the Booker. It's just. Uh, it's just not working out too well. But let's let's try with the uh, the ladies and see if we have better luck. We'll switch on over to the ladies here. We'll take this thing for a spin. See what we end up with. There's Alexa. I see Becky. See a lot of big names in there. And the first big name that we land on is Alexa Bliss. Speak of the devil. We were just talking about her. Boy, if this lands on Charlotte, this could be an omen. This could be... Is Charlotte even in here? I don't even know if Charlotte's in here. I don't think she is. Alexa Bliss one-on-one at WrestleMania against Casey Catanzaro. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I think of that WrestleMania main event right there. 
That's what I think of that match. Casey Catanzaro against Alexa Bliss. We'll try again next week. We'll try We'll try again on Wednesday night. I'm going to be back with you live for the Dynamite stream on Wednesday night. And I'm going to be back with you again on Friday night for the SmackDown Rampage stream. And then I'm going to be back with you again on Saturday night for the Royal Rumble, one of the biggest streams all year on the channel. One of my, maybe my favorite show, frankly, of the entire year is the Royal Rumble. So I expect you to be right here on Saturday night. As soon as that show goes off the air, we get to recap the whole thing. We get to tear it up, tear it down, build it back up all over again. Episode 740 of the podcast is currently up. Almost two hours of audio goodness for all of you, including some of your mailbag questions and a couple of rants. I know you guys love that, so that's in there as well. And uh, again, if you join the stream late, I do want to take a moment to just thank you all for making this possible. This was very cool to find out that the Sound Off was ranked the number one wrestling podcast on all of Podbean in 2021. Some stiff competition in there. We were number four overall in the entire sports category. But number one for all wrestling podcasts, and that is not possible uh, without your help. So I thank you for that. Uh, SNK fan 01, you're going to get the last super chat in here. He says, when is Okada going to save the best friends from getting their asses kicked by the elite? I don't know, but I, I just feel like if he does come in as, you know, kind of backup for best friends, it's kind of lame. Like, I don't want Okada coming in with best friends. I want Okada coming. I want, I want to hear the coin drop after like a pay-per-view main event ends. A world title match ends. The pay-per-view's about to go off the air. And we hear the coin drop. And the place goes fucking nuts. And he walks out in the Okada robe. And he does the Rainmaker pose. I don't want him coming out with fucking Wheeler Yuta. And Chuck. The fuck? Fuck the best friends. They can fight their own battles. Okada has bigger fish to fry. Yeah, it's a good point. He's the IWGP heavyweight champion. He ain't mixing it up with fucking Orange Cassidy and Trent. Or as Justin Roberts says, Trent? Yeah, Trent. He could do better. Milkman says, I want Okada to come out and be like, where are you, Kenny? Where are you, Kenny? Where are you, Brian? Where are you, Punk? A lot of potential matches for him. But I think as long as he's the IWGP champion, it's it's not going to happen. You know, as the champion, he's got other obligations, and also, you know, he's not going to be able to lose. So, when he loses that title, I think it becomes more realistic to think that he might show up one day. And then, of course, there's COVID and all the restrictions and everything. I mean, we need all this uh, shit to, to die down and go away so that we can get Okada. Back here on American soil. All right, this was fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun tonight talking about something other than WWE and AEW for a change. And even though I I didn't think it was a great show, uh, I was entertained enough. I got my money's worth. Uh, This was a very big night for GCW. Uh, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the people who work there. Hopefully uh, everybody came out of the show unscathed and injury-free. 
And like I said, I will be back with you on Wednesday night. Please do check out episode 740 of the podcast. Thank you for all of the super chat love and all your questions in the main chat here. You guys make it fun to hang out like this. And uh, I'll be back here live with you again on Wednesday night for Dynamite. I'll see you then. Take care, guys.